All right. Now, now recording. Now recording. All right. Yeah, we're live on OBS and Craig. So I, I figure what we should do, and this should just be a structure in general, is we do initial non-spoiler review, right? Okay. And then we go, all right, there's a spoiler review, and then we do the spoiler review. I guess. I mean, it is a fairly recent book, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then who knows, right? Like maybe people are just interested and then we just, that's how it works, right? All right. This yeah. is a non-spoiler and we talk about it. And if people are interested, we go, all right, now let's do a spoiler review for those that have read it and stuff like that. Okay. Well, probably I just like to sure. open up. If you're going to do the audio book, if you're like me, you probably want to listen to it at 1.6 speed because the narrator is fucking slow. That's that. That was my only gripe with the entire fucking audio book. We didn't even sure, start. I didn't, I didn't even Spoilers. have that problem. Yeah, he read it. He read it, and I was like, "He's got a cool accent." It was too slow. <laughs> I'm just saying, he read too slow, so I had to put it to 1.6 speed. I did listen to the whole thing at 1.25 speed, and I didn't really notice it being that much faster. Burger, why are you in space? Because no. I'm on Mars. Can't you tell? Well, it actually looks uh, like Mars is in the back. Are you like on a moon? I think you're on Mars? Luna. Yeah, I think you're more on Luna than looking at Mars. Care. <laughs> All right. God, no, know your planet. I'm pretty sure Mars wouldn't look that big in the background if he was on Luna. Dude, just trying to figure something out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> does, the atmosphere, it's red. Does Mars yeah, have any uh, satellites? By satellites, I mean moons. Yes, it has two moons. There you go. So maybe he's on one of those. There you go. I Chris, I like your headband. Thank you. Thank you. Have you, you look like you're about to go do some yard work on your tomatoes. You like my uh, Mars emblem? Oh, yeah, it's Fucking cool. nerd. <laughs> or my... It does have two moons. All right. Owler face mask. Wow, dude. How much shit did you buy? <laughs> dude, where'd you get all this cool stuff? Well, Pierce Brown, so I follow him on Instagram, and they announced um, they're doing bandanas for because of COVID and stuff. So they did a black one, black and red, and a white and red one. So I got... Two black and red ones. One so heads up for yeah. our listeners. Pierce Brown is the That's author awesome. of the book. Oh, we started, huh? Yeah, dude, we started when I said we started. Just because Craig is whatever. Yeah, I said we were live on both Craig and OBS. Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome back to Casual Outlaws. <laughs> yeah. My Goodman. Woke up. Now we're going to be talking about some books. <laughs> books, 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 books. I suggest talking we all have a beer. Books, but books. Apparently no one else is doing that. With casual outlaws. <laughs> there, you got a song. You wanted a song in the intro. Now you have a song. Yeah, you gotta have it like a, like kind of like a reading rainbow thing. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> of course, of course, it's me and Chris that are the stupid ones. <laughs> you guys are definitely brothers. All right, so Chris, since yes. this was your election, yeah. All right. This week on Casual Outlaws, we read Red Rising by Pierce Brown. And to do a quick, I guess, summary of it or whatever, non-spoilers, is essentially, it's set, the setting is uh, this time, it's like, would you even say it's like semi-dystopian in a way? Oh, depend on your cast. Depending on your cast. We're in the society... You stand. So the world, the world is split up in 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 tiers, right? Like there's a caste system, and it's called the society. And the top tier are the golds, and the bottom tier are the reds. And 
that's pretty much um and then there's a bunch of colors everything's done by colors all in between and each color has their own role based on um eugenics also and the story is a first person it's a first person view of a character named darrow and he is a red and he's a lower uh, red well spoilers Barely and, a spoiler. Uh, Barely a spoiler. Some, some uh, tragic shit happens to him as a red, and he comes to find out. Um, Got to break the chains. Yeah, break the chains. So essentially, reds live mostly live on Mars, and they're tasked with mining Mars for helium as an energy source. Helium three. And the gold sent them there as pioneers to farm and. Off the sweat of their backs, they would help terra- terraform Mars, and then they could come to the surface and live on the surface and prosper and, and bear, you know, reap the rewards of their hard work. Hundreds of years go by, nothing happens. Darrow, tragic shit happens. He finds out it's all a lie. Mars has been terraformed, and essentially they're used as slave labor. Slave labor. And that's pretty much the premise. And it's him rising through, like, coming out and then starting a revolution, essentially. Um, that part doesn't really happen in this book, but he You ends get the up, gist of it. Yeah. It's in the title, the Red list. Rising. So Fucking great book, Well, it's man. about a single red rising uh, to a higher station, basically. Yeah. Well, it is red rising, not reds rising. Yeah. So Thanks, that's, Andy. that's the base premise of the book. Rover, gonna rise on over. <laughs> we just give everyone's our, like, our, how we... Enjoyed the book, didn't enjoy the book without spoilers, and then we'll do a spoiler review. Oh, uh, I thoroughly it. enjoyed it. I did it. I, I listened to all of it in one sitting, which was made easier by it, listening at 1.6 speed. Uh, but no, I would uh, really just trying to bite at the bit and keep from going into book two, just in case we elect it for another episode. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done. How many books are there in this series? Uh, so far, there's, there's five, five, and the You're sixth on the one is. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I was thinking there was the original only two trilogy, or three. and then he there they like something happens in the third book, and then there's uh, the second half of the trilogy is like following sort of a different set Multiple of people characters. that Darrow's yep. still involved. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You would have to read the books without spoilers yeah. to understand why they did that, but yeah. But I think the last time that I've treated a book like this where I would sit down and just listen to the whole thing in one sitting was Dresden Files, where I was just like, yep. I can't wait to get to the next book. I was yeah. the same way. In fact, I was actually, um, the first like three books of Dresden Files, I didn't have that feeling. Yeah, well, once you get past book three is when it really picks up. Yeah, yeah. I think book two is when I started really getting into it. Yeah. Dresden Files? What? Yeah. Berger, what did you think about the book? Um, the book was okay. I found the book to be very derivative. If you've read uh, Ender's Game, Hunger Games, Harry Potter, uh, you'll pretty much you can pretty much form this whole book in your head, um, and yeah. uh, it'll all be there. I, I would say I, I agree with that. Like it's actually very simple. Like these are all tropes that have been done before. Um, I think what this book especially does best is it does those tropes really well compared comparatively so i and also i, I like i think they're the way the author writes like i thought i thought the way the author writes is really nice and you like the characters pros, are very basically. yeah and the characters are like i like the characters even the like not so good characters i still like them 
Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that other people have made that same observation as you because one of the covers of the book basically says uh, Ender, Katniss, and now Darrow. So yeah, those were two of the books yeah. you mentioned, right? Ender's Game yeah. and Hunger Games? Yeah, Hunger Games. Um, I don't know. I, I disagree that it does it exceptionally well. I think it does it very solid. I think it's a very good sort of freshman effort uh, from this writer. Um, but there were a lot of shortcuts taken in terms of the writing, um, in terms of using sexual violence in order to create somebody um, to be a bad person. It's used like three different times throughout this book, and it's a very shorthand sort of repetitive structure. Um, as well as there are, our character, he seems to sort of condone the society that he's in. Or yeah, he's like pro. He's pro the society he's in. His only real beef is that the people who are in charge of the society, he wants to kill them all. He doesn't seem to really have a specific critique going on throughout the book. Uh, should we um, go ahead I and say that we're getting into spoilers already? A little bit. No, let's um, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have like because I have the context of the further books and stuff, right? I have the knowledge of what the other books are. Um, I do agree with that, but that's the point of Darrow at this point of the book. Is to have that. Yeah. Right? I just think that our character, our main character, feels can feel very one dimensional throughout parts of this book and sort of seems to lack any true agency to himself. And that's and that's fine because it feels like it's there's potential uh, for expanding upon it later. Mm -hmm. But if you were to read this book standalone, there's a lot of very troubling themes um, that take place in this book that as a standalone. Um, I don't necessarily think I could recommend it unless you're looking for like a, a decent sci-fi book. Well, people are looking for a fucking series burger. God. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I would say if you haven't read Ender's Game, go read Ender's Game instead. I that think would be my recommendation. I think maybe the reason why this character comes off across as um, one-dimensional is because that is kind of the the product of his nature. Him. That's the product yeah. of his nature. Like. The entire thing about the Reds is that they've been led to believe one thing, and that's it. And they are so oppressed that this is just their attitude. He's acting exactly like his one-dimensional characterization that he starts to – once he starts to evolve, like you clearly see it. Like that's what he was basically forced into. All right. I see I him. Yeah. So I don't okay. let, me, let me tell my part. Let, let Nate go I, and then we'll oh, go yeah, into Nate, Nate hasn't yeah, got – We'll yeah. go into spoilers. Okay. So – like Ender's Game, Hunger's Game, uh, Harry Hunger. Potter, any kind of space <laughs> sci-fi. What did I say? Hunger's Game? Doesn't matter. Hunger's Game. Oh, burrito. It's so delicious. Oh, Hunger's Game. Ender's Game. Hunger's Game. I think if you're a fan of those kind of books, this is, you're, you know, you're going to like it. I think it's a good series to get into. I think it's a standalone book. It still had me excited at the end. Like, I, it got me like, oh, that was that was a fun read. And it definitely had a few aspects in the book that, like, I did not expect, which I will talk about in the spoilers. Yeah. But I think it was a great book. I think people into that kind of Hunger Games, Harry Potter, space, a little bit of, I don't know if it had magic in it. Mm. No. no, no, no. It's just because they they tie in a lot of like um, high technology, There's like a lot Roman of mythology and stuff science. like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why I'm thinking about it. There's a lot of black boxes where like the specifics of what's happening aren't important. Just know that they have some sci-fi weapon that's pretty cool, yeah. and uh, you can keep moving forward. Yeah, again, it's like that little suspension of disbelief, right? You're just like, okay, yeah. yeah. But it was good, and had a few aspects that I didn't expect, but I I did enjoy. 
an all good book. So we can get into spoilers now then? Spoiler yeah. territory. And this yeah. is where like Pax will come up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pax was great. I was so yeah, I fucking loved him so much. Oh my god. Pax out Talamanas. He was great. My, one of my favorite characters. Oh, by far. By him, far. Him and the wolf guy. Him and Severo. Uh, Severo. Yeah. yeah. They were fucking great. So let's let's talk about Darrow for a little bit since he's the the prime character. So um, one of the things I noticed like way back in like chapter 10 is that um, he's talking about how he's like he can do all these things in his head like really easily. And he's like he's his fingers are super dexterous, especially for only having someone with 10 fingers as opposed to like the artists who have like 12 fingers, etc. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. And it's like the book said, if I remember correctly, the book saying it's only been like 500. It's been it's been just a few years. Yeah, believe. like seven, five to seven hundred years since they've you know, set up this whole society. And I was like, evolution, I don't believe, goes... I don't think they evolved. So eugenics well, plays heavily, yeah, and they but, carve the different colors. Yeah, but but that's the thing. What I want to mention yeah. is that, like, the the guy who is responsible for being able to do crazy manipulations to bodies, he's he's completely in disbelief that Darrow's capable of these things. And I'm, I'm looking back at it, and I'm thinking, like, all right, so they've... They've made them like this, but apparently they've continued to evolve, but in such a short period of time. But then I was remembering that apparently the Reds don't live very long because of their environment. They either die in the mining because of the, the pit vipers or they are executed, etc. So they only live. I think his dad died in what, his 20s? Yeah, but he he got hung. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But what I'm saying is like. Um, his dad died young. A lot of them die young. His uncle's considered an old man. He's in his 40s. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, it's not been a lot of time, but so many generations have been, have gone through just because of the fact that they, they marry young, they have kids young, they die young. Yeah. So I guess that that's – and then the, the ones who you know end up surviving and can actually procreate tend to be the ones that I guess have the – the the characteristics and the features and mutations that would actually carry on and make this – subspecies of human or whatever the hell you want to call the society uh, much more advanced than they thought they would ever be. Yeah. Well, they, they, right. People do that. And it's, they try yeah. and, they try and sell you this mythos that because he's a hero diver, uh, that like, because he faces extremes on the daily, he's been training his mind. The well, time. the other thing, calculations on the fly. it's not just being a hell diver, but apparently being a hell diver is something that, kind of runs in his family his uncle was a hell diver i think his dad was also a hell diver so it might just be traits that have kind of been bred into his family line same another thing i noticed also is um he mentions that uh the the i can't remember the mickey the guy who does the operations on him he mentions that the uh, pit viper venom is actually was never sucked out in fact it doesn't do anything if they try to suck it out in fact it just made his heart stronger but the person who tried to suck it out of him was his uncle which kind of leads me to believe that his uncle believes this myth because he's put it into practice before on someone that he knows whether it be his brother himself etc so it might actually be again a trait of that family line that they are not as susceptible to this venom as other reds would be yeah so they're just outliers within the red community exactly whenever they talked about his finger dexterity i just imagine him like playing with his fingers and then like going fucking backwards (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like dude this guy's got fucking hands man (laughs) he's got hands (laughs) 
<laughs> Every time cool. they started talking about it, I was like, don't don't make them throw those hands. <laughs> I feel like the uncle's supposed to be like a throwaway. Or not a throwaway. Uh, he might come back. I'm looking for is. Like, yeah, he's a false lead. I think he's, I think he might, if, if this book was really boring, in my head, if it was really boring, the uncle would be the leader of the rebellion. Or whatever. Like, what was the name of the guy that they kept trying to say is their leader? Aries. Aries. Aries, yeah. Yeah. If, I think if this book was really boring, the uncle would be actually have been Aries the whole time. Well, it sounds like he um, has some kind of involvement with them. Yeah, but he's yeah, in the yeah, past. Like a, a correspondent who finds out yeah. information, but it, he's just a drunk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it's supposed to be. And then, so, like, the, because I, I disagree with what you were saying earlier, where there's a lot of things, or I guess, I can't disagree with you saying that you were surprised by a lot of things, but I found a bunch of different things throughout the book to be fairly predictable. Oh, there was um, definitely like the moment he walks into Mickey's uh, place and they, they, they mentioned the little puzzle cube that he's working on. So like, okay, he's going to solve that. And then yeah. as soon as they put the box down and they open, I was like, what's oh, going to be in there. It's going to be some higher cast. I know it. So there was definitely predictable yeah. things. And so I think, but, but in like, a way that that was good because you know you you already know what direction it's going, at, and I don't think they don't care if that's predictable or not because they care about just getting to the next portion of when he's going to be in the mindset of character building. Yeah, you know, and the world his, building. His, yeah, his, yeah. His, his his situation, learning about his new situation, and I thought that was you definitely see him grow yeah, as but, a individual. cool. We carved him. Let's get him into the next thing. And now you're in the next thing. And they're just like, okay, now he's in this situation telling you about all these new things that he's seeing and experiencing. I thought that's what they were just trying to get yeah, to. I don't think was... he tries to hide that stuff. Like we know what's going to happen. Like in, in part yeah. one with EO, like, you know, something bad is no. going to happen to EO. Yeah. Right. Like no, you just know, <laughs> right. It's, it's so we are like, and like storytelling has been around for so long. Like you can kind of predict a lot of beats. So you just kind of go like, how is he going to sell oh. it? What is the emotional push? Thank when you that for reminding me about the first part of the book because part two, where they get to the point where you know the the big lie is revealed, where like Mars has already been terraformed, it's already yeah. a paradise for pretty much everyone else. Um, that reminded me so much of the movie Moon from two thousand nine, which again, if you guys haven't seen it, spoilers. Um, it's about an astronaut who's doing a three year contract stint on the moon. Um, mining helium-3 for um, energy efforts back on Earth. As his contract is basically coming to an end, he starts to kind of see things. He's not feeling well, all, all that stuff. Well, what happens is he gets in an accident, and the station has an AI, and it believes that he died in the accident. So it actually just pulls out a clone, a clone of him. Turns out that he's like probably the 30th one that they've used. And there's multiple clones of him on the moon. And he just believes that he's the first one. Wait a minute. Is this the Will Smith movie? No. no this is a movie this with Sam Rockwell. And unfortunately, Kevin Spacey voices the uh, AI on the station. But anyway, the original clone doesn't die. Um, he actually gets found by the, the one that's been thought out. And they work together to actually get off of the moon and return to Earth. And kind of expose this thing where this company has basically been cloning this guy and using him as slave labor for decades. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's definitely like how they like create many. Well, Red Rising did this, it better. Of this subterranean society <laughs> where the, the gammas always win the kind of thing. And they have a whole mm -hmm. bunch of them all throughout Mars. Yeah. My, yeah, only, yeah. my only issue with this sort of premise of the book 
and this is something that always annoys me about these cast systems in the future, is, like, I don't understand how this wouldn't have just been automated at this point. Like, that's that's always this thing that... Everyone fears AI, man. Yeah, man. I guess. No one wants to go to war with some Everyone fears AI. Everyone fears AI. There's no fun between automation and AI. Um, Every like, once in a while, like, you want to hang a bitch. To set don't the get tone. that with AI. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> no, I get where you're. I 100 get where you're going. I 100 get where you're yeah. going. You're I absolutely mean, right. There's still slave labor in the modern era. Now it's kind of part, yeah. probably just human, uh, fucking the human condition where they just want to subjugate other people. Yeah, but if we look at like mining on Earth, like what would have been multiple thousands of people are working, or like four dudes and some of the biggest fucking trucks and rigs you've ever seen, and just a bunch of explosives. Like, this this sort of... And and they can just take apart whole mountaintops. Well, and this sort of... I think they mentioned... ...to control a billion people of a specific caste to mine underground. It just seems like it's... For such a sufficiently advanced society, it seems like so much more work than to just create a mining robot. Well... Yeah. I mean, it could also just be that one, I think in the first part, they also mentioned that there is pockets of this gas that's highly volatile that will basically make the helium-3 inert if it goes off. So Great. they can't just you use, ex- really they can't use explosives. Doing things like that? Robots. Yeah, but guess what? Maybe it wasn't really good at doing at it when they first started doing this, and they kind of just like, they, hey, let's keep, the, let's keep the Reds doing it. We've got them subjugated. They have a whole cast of science its job would be to figure Why that shit out. We got a problem at doing at it. <laughs> instead, they got they got a instead they got their science people figuring out how to create Johnny Tendix and uh, the Johnny lady Tendix. with a thousand boobs. <laughs> He's only of, has he only has nine dicks. How can we give him ten? <laughs> yeah, like I don't <laughs> understand what your penis on him. <laughs> and they must have the same dex, dex, dexterity of, of his fingers. Because helium three is so critical to your uh expansion of your society right like why would you have a bunch of Dude, maybe they're just having fun treating people bad yeah it's it kind of seems like the golds are evil people do evil shit you know oh it seems like the golds are just like oh i'm the prettiest i'm the strongest yeah, they're, they're kind of dicks. i'm going to hurt you <laughs> like they're just they're full of themselves mm-hmm. and i got that and i got that they they don't care about society. They like hurting them. They like using people. I think that's the premise he was setting it up for. Yeah, I found that. I get your point. This is no different than my view of Duna. Like, why would you do what you did to get yeah. to kill that family? It makes no sense for the amount of but cock they just they wanted. To. Right. It's I, just a way to get the story going. I, guess. I just feel like we have. Feel like it should be explained about why this was happening. Like, why would you do this? I honestly can't remember. Here? In the other books, because like the other books, they build on the world, right? The world building, right? Right now, yeah. like in the first book, you guys are getting like a very glass view of like even what the golds are, right? You just know you're lunar. You learn more about like how the golds initiate more golds into the greater society of the gold, right? The young into adulthood, but you don't really understand how it's run, right? Because there's multiple worlds that are are populated and terraformed and there's different houses and factions. Well, it seems very futile. That's one thing too. Did, did yeah. Daryl ever go into the whole mindset of him thinking about like, Hey, are these other planets terraformed? No, no, no. Who's mining them? So go, well, go back they to told Bert- they're terraformed. 
Huh? So they told him they're they told terrible. They were terrible. But yeah. He's never yeah. seen it or anything, right? But not all of them are terrible. Well, okay. There's still a few places. I that forgot about like, that. Is what they were saying. Pluto was like still mid to perform. Yeah. Speaking of Pluto, I find it interesting that the jackal are kind of. What happened to Pluto? It's messed up. It's messed up. <laughs> it's messed up, man. Did you finally finish watching Psych, by the yeah. way? Yeah. So now you yeah. like it. Now you like it. Move on. <laughs> okay. What's interesting about the jackal being from Pluto? Uh, well, no, that he's he's part of the house Pluto. Is that Pluto? Um, I think the Roman name for Pluto. One of the Roman names for Pluto was Dispater, which means rich father, and his father was pulling strings with his money. Okay. You know that's a, that's actually a very clever thing if that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he I don't does, know if it was intentional. But. The writer does stuff like that, about, like um, like simple stuff, like the the name of the golds, right? Pax Aotalamanos. Ao means is the periodic Pax. symbol for gold. Aotalamanos so have Ao in it in their name because they're golds. Yeah. Every time I think the silvers also have the same thing. The silvers have this similar thing also. Yeah. I want to get a fucking shirt with just a guy with this holding this fucking spear up screaming that. You mean his just axe? Wasn't it an axe? It was an axe, and then he had like his axe broke, and then he had like that weird pike that had like the weird mm. thing on it. Either way, just some said. giant guy on your shirt just yelling dude, out. Just some fucking giant dude. Pax rocked. I was so sad when he got killed. Yeah. But it was like if you're watching down. a like a, lo- a big loyal dog get murdered. Yeah. You guys want to hear dude, something from yeah. funny? My wife keeps texting me different like things about Red Rising. <laughs> Is she reading it now or something? No, she's the one that introduced me to it. And oh, she's okay. like, done her second read through. So she's like, everyone does. The blues are uh, XE for Xenon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She's just in the background. Like, sense, you better fucking mention this. <laughs> if you're. If you're... Because, I mean, we see that, like, in our society, kind of, where, like, uh, a lot of people's last names would be uh, the profession where they were when they started giving family names to people. Uh, Gee, what the fuck was my family doing? Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You're right. Well, I don't know if... Go ahead. Like, like this book has a lot of stuff like that. So, um, like, even the accents that are used are intentional for the the audible version right well i mean like so the thing is the, the reds accent... have an irish accent on intentionally because his the writer wanted to um because they're red like potatoes yeah it wasn't well he no. was influenced by the irish immigration or immigrants yeah okay into the united states right so i'm trying to i'm trying to decide if that was a racist comment or not well <laughs> red I like potatoes they're white it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're red potatoes okay wait going back I was sad about when Pax died because they like for such a cool character that they build up. Like he just mentions like, you know, he's dying and Darrow understands that he knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to die saving, saving him, but he still died with a smile on his face. And that's like all they fucking gave this guy. And I was like, so, son of a bitch. You want to hear the story behind Pax's death? It was a um, like pr- pretty much pick a name out of a hat. Someone had to die in that scene. Oh, shit. So he put everyone's names except for Darrow and Mustang's name in there and then pulled the name and it was Pax. And he said he was very sad that he pulled Pax's name out because he had other stuff. Oh, my God. Don't tell me that. Yeah. God, that sucks so much, dude, because he was such a cool character. Yeah. That seems very lazy. It's probably one of those things where he had like 
a really hard time. Like he probably had like multiple stories for multiple different for characters. Multiple characters. And yeah. It, yeah, pro- it probably would have really, it probably would have hurt him equally, him no matter who, no matter yeah. which one he he picked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much I trust this author, just because a lot of things felt very derivative. Like I was worried that a lot of the theming of this book was very pro-fascist uh, because of his because of Darrow's inability to actually critique anything in the world that was going on there. Like a lot of his stuff, he would he would praise Reds constantly in terms of like their efficiency and all this kind of stuff. And like it seems like his only real beef is that they killed Io. And so it's like this I mean, guy seems to be well. That's his motivation. Yeah, like so, like he, so like his motivation. So that goes back to Darrow. No, no. Like Darrow's yeah, prime go- motivation in life is Eo. Right? Yeah, he loves Eo more than Eo loves him. Right, that was the whole thing. Like he knew like, he was going to get executed kind of if he buried her like, body. Well, that's what it's, makes the character going to be going to be interesting is his development and growth and how he changes as the books go along. Right, right? but in terms of finds motivation book, outside. Yeah. But this, but this, this is not book, meant to be boring. It's not meant to be, you know, a single book to read. It's it's meant to be a series. Yeah. You're supposed to true. see the, the, I mean, ch- the character change. Yeah. Maybe Why would I stop give... fucking trying to fine tune everything, Bert? Yeah, goddamn. Or else you're going to get these are red hands. Are you going to start bro? accusing the author of trying to be clever? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, that's that's my that's my problem is that I can't accuse him of really trying to be clever. It all feels it all feels very derivative. Like it's so like, what, like uh, even I, even I, his I, views of io change as the books go on. yeah like but here's, everything here's like his life I, uh, changes okay so what what i yeah i understand that but like so like i was so concerned with some of the theming from the book like i actually went to go i went i went to look up an interview with this guy and he seems kind of pompous to me watching him he's very he had more pompous than rafa's Bro, he's uh, yeah, gold no, man. He's better than you. Yeah, more pompous than this. The interview started off. He was talking to Peter V. Brett, Peter V. Brett, who wrote the Demon Cycle. Uh, who is like, I really enjoyed the books from that series. Me too. But like, within you read the Demon Cycle anyway. Um, <laughs> what? Within, I love how he took himself away from his own segue. Listen, the Say word of a good book, but that's a, this is kind of a side note. I didn't and, like, like the last book, but I enjoyed it. I haven't read the last book just because I didn't like where the story was going so far. Um, it's going in the direction you're thinking it is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, get to the point. I got shit I got I want to say. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, um like so like I in, what did the interview and like the first two minutes of the interview was like I got a degree in political science and uh, economics. And my whole theory of writing is that this theme has to match this part and that that also has to match this third part. So there's really, like, three things. And, and he's, like, critiquing, like, all of writing and, like, saying what's really important. And I'm not sure that this guy nailed down storytelling in this first book. Techni- now, this the first book was in 2014. The interview was in 2018. Maybe he's come a long way. But he seemed very pompous to me. And I feel like because of how troubling these themes are, and he has this political science degree and the way he uses sexual violence throughout the book, it seems like a very big question mark to me um, what's going on here. Uh, like, I'm, I'm, I, would, I wouldn't be offended reading more books or, re- like, I would want to read more books from this just to see if he's able to, like, redeem what's going on here because it seems like it's, it seems like there's definitely paths available 
but it just feels like we didn't do enough to establish any real ideas other than blind rage. Yeah, but that's I. I think that was that's the, the point of the first book is the but blind, blind rage. rage isn't interesting. Seems to interesting you. for three of I, us. Yeah, I thought it was great. Right. I guess I'm just looking. I wanted I wanted a little but bit he, more depth. He Everything grow, felt very surface level. He does grow from from part three to part four. Like so, like from part three to part four is very interesting in in the aspect of like his leadership development as a leader, right? Because when he joins the institute, right, even through the testing, right, they they send him that video game. He's like, yeah, I enslaved the elves because I didn't like them, and then I won and whatever, and then he follows the rules of how the golds do the institute right he enslaves the different houses and he rules and then he allows and this is where he starts to fall he allows cassius to have actual revenge instead of real justice and stuff like that and then he gets turned on and then him and mustang survive right they have to survive and then his view of how to like be a leader changes at that point right instead of enslaving everyone he's then he starts realizing that i can't enslave these people i need to give them purpose and i need to give them drive and they have to believe in me as a leader. And make, he makes sacrifices too. So like the moment with Tactus, Tactus tries to rape one of the, one of the, the girls that um, they just captured or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he brings justice. He whips Tactus. And then he goes, all right, now it's my turn. this is my yeah, fault. Right. This is my fault that you did this because I wasn't a strong enough leader to, to set the, um, the appropriate view of things. And then he takes ownership of the failures of his subordinates. And I love I that love, is I huge that growth as a leader. There's just that whole like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't fucking moment don't, in the book. He's like, you want me to to what? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't really read that the same way because he's still enslaving people. It's just that the but he gives them or the bond. He gives them, he gives them purpose. He, he's giving he, them a chance he enslaves to earn them, it. Right? Yeah, and then he he brings them out of it. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the literal enslavement, like with the banner. I'm saying that. What he does is, instead of like doing everything by pure force, he tries to build a cult of personality. Like, he uses a different fascistic technique in order he to becomes the reaper. People. Yeah, yeah, he becomes the he becomes reaper. Becomes a symbol, he right? Using, you know, he starts becoming a cult leader. Um, and it's and it's very it's very dangerous the way that he's manipulating people. Like these are these are very dangerous themes, and it's still. Well, at the same that, time, this character still has to play the system, you know. And I think in his mind, he's still trying to do that. I think his sole motivation is to win because he has to win. Well, you have and to win. He has yeah. to yeah. kill the gold. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, so, yeah, that's his sole motivation is is one, his rage, right? That's why he got chose for House Mars and all stuff because well, he's like, yeah, right. He's just full of anger and he's only driven by Eo's dream. He's not really yeah. driven the, by the the, the sons of Ares. Have I don't, other plans for him, but like they're using yeah. that one motivator that he has. To get I him don't where think he needs tilting to be. a paradigm is Which the same is thing as growth. Point. But I have questions for Chris about. Well, it's going to be growth. Like I said, like this is just the first book, right? Like so then, right? I understand that. Yeah. I'm, we're talking about this book and this book alone. But he does, I he does grow within the book. It doesn't have does. to be like leaps and bounds of growth. That. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, let's also talk about how All much he time did is change a paradigm. How he much didn't... time passes between the beginning of the book and the end of the book? I, I it's, it's about a year. I think it's about a year. It's like five months. No, it's more than that because he was like, there's a few oh, months he was, he was like carved. six months just like being that. carved, yeah. Yeah, just carving yeah, and like six training months being carved, And then he did the game for like six months. So it was like a year or something like that. Yeah, and then how long were they in the game? Like six months or so. 
because they went through. I felt, I felt like they were in the well, game. Well, no, remember the the apparently they control the weather in the game. Or no, it was okay. So it was one month was the first marking point of um, the first rapey dude. I forgot his name. Titus, um, the the red rapey dude, Titus. Um, and then like two weeks later, they kill Titus. And then I think it was like probably um, another two months to take down Mustang's house. And then that's when we start seeing betrayal happen. And then he was asleep for like three weeks from there. Uh, it's probably like four or five months. So it's if I had to guess for for a character for this the character growth you're looking for. I'm not sure. For someone who was subjugated for as long as he was, I'm not sure that the kind of growth you're looking for is a possibility in a two-year span. Okay, I maybe. That, think, My issue is that... point, though, I felt like... Okay, I, I have to go back to one point. But the Sons of Ares? Yes. When EO died, I kind of, like, I don't know, have this gut feeling like they set her... She, they... No, they definitely. So well, they they didn't set her so up. So they could use him. But you, they like they already planned to use her as a. Motivator. I don't know if they planned to use her, but they definitely took advantage of her attitude towards them. They know, definitely Chris used her as a catalyst. Did they use? I don't her? think Chris is going to spoil anything for you for future. <laughs> Motherfucker. Locked. Um, but I mean, like, I don't see it as growth, like what Chris is saying. I see it as. He realized that his original tactic didn't work, and so now he has to change the paradigm because he's in a he's in a disadvantageous position. So he can't do what he did before. Also, what he did before wasn't really working, and so he understood that, and so he just decided to play the game differently. I don't think that he is a person. I don't. I don't think that there's anything sufficient enough that we could say throughout this first book where he as a person has changed or anything like that. He's still, you know, he's still praising. Angry. He's definitely he's changing angry. though. He's still praising like the, he's still praising all of these gold people throughout the whole period of time. Um, and it's just, it's just sort of like, a he's kind of one note to me. It's just like one of those things that's struggling. Everything else that's happening in the world is kind of interesting. Like what's going on with the society, but he's just, he's just a one note of range rage. that just kind of goes through the story. Too. Well, I mean, wasn't Ares supposed to be a relatively angry God? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was a God. I remember like, that's the, the sons of Ares are using him for his rage. Like, yeah, he's, like he knows he's used yeah. as a weapon, right? Like that's the point. Um, All that other stuff is interesting. Our main character Darrow is kind of flat for now. Sure, but for we're now. only talking about <laughs> this book. Yeah. No, right? I mean, I could see where you're from. Keep I don't, I don't think he's that flat because I just don't think I, I he's that, think flat. He that flat. Yeah. Um, I think they they knew what they were going with him. He's angry. Hey, this injustice befell. Uh, him and you know what now he's pissed and now he's gonna go get his revenge and you know what sons of air is gonna push him in that direction and, and say, you can hey, show you can see him goals. trying to control his anger at the same time like apparently he had a couple of opportunities to go after the augustus guy and he didn't do it yeah. you know? and, and know, then you know he's angry and of course his interaction with the gold right like at, toward the end like especially with mustang and severo and he's realizing maybe not all the golds are bad 
kind of view, right? Like he's like even the gold, even the golds have, have issues levels, with the higher right? level. Yeah. Right. Cause even like during the institution, there's the high drafts and the mid drafts and, and the, low the draft, bronze right? and all that shit. Right. So like he's starting to hit, he's new to that world. Right. So he's, he's still coming into this world as a red with the context of there's golds. And he's going from the bottom rung all the way yeah. to the top rung. So he's still learning of what the society is pretty much and he's building new relationships because his previous relationships were only like reds within his tribe as his clan and yeah. family and stuff so now he's like interacting he's jumping like just tossing him in the lake essentially and like all right see what's out there and i think that's part of his gr like him slowly learning and building trust and having to build trust with gold's people he hates on top of that right um because titus is a red and he burnt out so quickly on his rage. Yeah. So let's talk about the... Did anybody else get that kind of medieval aspect to the game? I think that was the point. So, like, this first yeah. book has a very, yeah. like... Has, like, a YA edge to it, right? Right, and that's why... Thing, right, that's why they... Society, if you're... If, like, when you're... When, I, when I'm listening to it, it's all... This is just... This is just feudal lordship mm -hmm. squabbling. Like... Yeah. I think there's, of it, there's several great houses. It's you know those great houses have sub houses that follow them. It's it's like a, it's like a very condensed Game of Thrones kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, okay, these people are loyal to these people. These people control this. Stuff. I think the, another thing about they it is the fact that they, they they these these are all golds, and a majority of them are high golds and like mid golds. So they've all grown up with you know a silver spoon in their mouths, and then the whole. Gold spoon in their mouth, dumbass. No, remember they have silvers that are basically servants to them. It's an obsidian spoon, you fucks. Yeah, why would they use a silver's spoon? They're golds. They wouldn't use some poor person's spoon. God. Anyway. Andy. Hey, well, what about Andy. the iron golds? They 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 mix in with yeah, other metals. Like, like I said, even golds have their own like their own yeah. thing too within within but, their color. But right? what, what yeah, I was saying is that, is that yeah. the, so so that they grow up, you know, with all this you know, things are just being fed to them. And then they're thrown into this game and they're, they're just basically taken out of their element. And it, I think the whole goal was for the proctors and the sponsors, et cetera, for them to see who can adapt the best in the situation and come out on top while also trying to whittle out the people who do it in kind of a way that they don't agree with. Well, institutions part of like their calling their eugenics program. Yeah. Essentially. Right. They're trying to get rid of yeah. the weak golds and keep the stronger ones and find out who are the most most ruthless and potential leaders. And then that's how they get their apprenticeships I, and stuff like that, right? I definitely it's didn't see the, the culling program. coming. Yeah. The culling, half, I was like, I was like oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, shit. I liked it. Yeah, it's just part <laughs> of the whole eugenics. Like, the other books, like, dive deeper into... <clears throat> into the whole eugenics, eugenics and the society. Eugenics general, yeah. I kind of like wonder, I kind of wonder, considering the jackal was not a physical specimen, I wonder, like, did they just kind of say he killed someone, but he didn't actually kill anyone, considering his dad was basically buying everyone off? What do you mean he wasn't a physical specimen? He was, like, he was more a of a thinker. He was a thinker. That's why he was yeah. so willing to cut off oh, his yeah. hand. He's uh, like, he's like, I don't I use don't my know. hands. I don't give a shit. He's like, that. I use my head. I mean, he, he theory, need these hands to give you theory, these hands. If you're someone like sort of, 
eugenics human perfectionist theory saying that your mind is the greatest weapon there he could be the technically because of his mind he could be the best specimen there mm -hmm. for uh darrow i guess like it's i, I don't know i feel the jackal was kind of underwhelming. darrow's dumbass still fucking outsmarted him i get yeah i mean i just feel like he was very underwhelming like we, we keep building him up and then he gets found out right away I don't know. It's just like Pax Ow Talamanas. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the real he... main character. Sure. Severo. Like <laughs> Severo was great. Severo's character building. And that 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 really great. That reveal that his dad was the other guy, um what was Fitchner? Fitchner, yeah. I was like, oh shit. That kind of uh Yeah, that was that makes sense. That was that was the surprising thing. That was like the one thing that didn't seem predictable. Like even the the non betrayal by uh, Mustang uh, was mm -hmm. very predictable. Yeah, could have gone either way for me. He could have because it was his brother. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Hell. I think I think as soon as uh, Cassius didn't uh, like as soon as those two didn't reconcile, it was a hundred percent that Mustang. Um, was going to be fine uh, because of the, yeah. Like, the so way. where the fuck was Cassius again? I kind of forgot. Where the fuck was he? He was, that, he was um, under siege by Pluto. Yeah. So the whole time he's just fighting fucking over here. Yeah. Well, he was he conquered most of whatever their south area or no their north area, I guess. Um, and then they got into and then Pluto conquered everything except for like the two houses. Uh, that the Proctors were essentially Apollo and um, Jupiter? Jupiter, 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 yeah. And so he, so like, what's there's nothing better to do at this point than to march on the only real enemy that you have left. And so they had been throughout the whole period of the winter, uh, they were just sieging House Mars, basically, is what it sounds like. So he was just fucking well, at the same time, uh, the person who was leading House Mars and the person leading. Um, House Pluto, where their families are enemies. Yeah, as well as um, there's a lot of bad what's her face. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's her face? I think I think they mentioned that what's her face betrayed them at some point to go um, do something. Uh, what's her fucking name? I think it starts with I'm a. Say something like a P. No, I don't know. The the other chick from House Mars. Yeah, she she was doing some things. So there was a lot of internal strife that kept them sort of in place. Like, all of our antagonists are sort of nebulous throughout this book. They aren't really things that exist um, until they're very convenient for, until Darrow's ready to go fight them. Uh, we're never really caught off guard by Antonia. the of anybody. Antonia, thank Antonia, you. yeah. yeah. Um, and we're never really caught off guard by anything that happens here. Everything's sort of predictable. It's supposed to be a surprise that... Uh, the jackals in like how that wouldn't house Jupiter or whatever. Um, but that's because our character's ready for it at this point. It's gonna, it's the, the plot has like, we have sufficiently developed what's going on long enough for us to move to the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did they ever mention the fact that after they killed the bear, because 
the wolf guys were always wearing those wolf heads. Mm-hmm. Did they give the bear head to Pax? Yeah, because they couldn't. Yeah, so they, they couldn't. Yes. They couldn't find a wolf big enough. They finally for him. sent us something big enough for yeah. Pax. <laughs> I'm just a dental giant. Would you like a Remember, peanut? Uh, <laughs> wasn't he the described stab, as being like? Wasn't he described as being like almost three meters tall or some shit like that? Yeah, he was like. Yeah. He would get what confused as an obsidian. Yeah, he was. He like guys seven, you guys haven't been properly introduced to obsidians yet. Well, he mentioned like he mentioned uh, he he used to play around with obsidians, and he met this one Helga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obsidians are great. He's he's seven four and built like an obsidian. Yeah, they're great. X, so sad. <laughs> Spoilers: You get to meet the rest of the Telemannis family. Um, are they all like huge specimens? Oh, dude, as well? I hope they're all just. Fucking giant. Do they all just oh, shout? Right. I guess on his, do they all shout? On his mother's side, they're like Pacific Islanders. Oh, I'm just gonna be a dick, but I won't tell you anything. Yeah. Uh, I just get them hyped. I'm gonna get them. Get them. Hyped. Sure. No, I'm I'm excited to 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 talk about like find out more about Pax, even though he's dead, because he was such a just dude. He was that gentle giant. Yeah. He was honorable when they he's tackle a good him. dude. When they tackle him, dude, they I, move the mark and he just starts laughing. I'm yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm free. Like he was just he he was just in this for a game. Like he was just having fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, shit's going I south. Yeah. That's fine. Honorable. I don't think I would call him honorable because he was the his biggest de- bully. His, his death was honorable in, to me. He was felt honorable in that he was okay. super loyal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's still like the biggest bully in House Ceres before they, he started following the wolf, I guess. Um, or not well, I think wolf, House uh, Ceres, I think he accepted in House Ceres that he wasn't a leader, but he's definitely uh, brawn that they can use. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to fall into the place that I fit best in. This is my role. Yeah. yeah. Which is running into the front lines <laughs> and swinging <laughs> my axe into 30 guys and decimating the battlefield. Yeah. I know my well, voice. Well, he, he even picked up a guy and used him as a blown weapon. He's like, I'm going to hit exactly. a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Oh, fuck. I got no weapon. Leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was good at, and he and he excelled at it. Like, it just yeah. was like... Found his forte. Went with yeah. Him. What do you... <laughs> what makes you qualified for this position? Well, I once lost my weapon, and I used a guy... As a weapon. his leg. <laughs> as a weapon. Yeah, we're going to put you on the front line, sir. And I won. <laughs> uh, was there, uh, so, is there anything else to discuss? Anything you want to bring up, Chris, since you have read this multiple times now? Uh, it's my second time. It's my second time. It's still, it's still a multiple. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for Pax's backstory. Servero. Um, what, what was the, the, the sister's name? Mustang. Mustang. What was her name? Virginia. Yeah, Virginia, and the toil with um, the now he's the apprentice of Fuckhead's dad. I'm I'm excited to see where those ties go. Yeah, Augustus. That's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, I mean you're gonna. Burger's not excited. The following books are just more. I I have to. uh, I I never wasn't excited. Um, real quick, at the beginning when they. When he enters into the institute, um, who was the guy who gave the speech? Was it Augustus? Is Adrius not Adrius? It was Augustus, so yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so it was kind of interesting because he's he's talking about how, you know, we you shouldn't, you you we're our constant battle is not to become complacent or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like 
he turns around, he's just trying to buy his son's way through the Institute. Yeah, I mean, the whole point it's of the like goal such a is like this facade, right? Like, yeah. it's they just this front of order and control, yeah. right? But I was just kind of hoping that, like, you'd see, like, more honest golds, you know, running there. the Institute. There are there, but, yeah, it's still, it's just... I, I fucking loved it when Apollo just bit the dust. Hey, is everybody... I get the sense, because who was the guy that was there when they murdered EO? Or I think it was Augustus. Yeah, it was, was it Augustus. Yeah. Okay, cool. So because of whenever Darrow first lays eyes on him to the ending, where I feel like he's an old man, but then again, like it, it feels like everybody in the society in this society is young. Well, the golds like, get tuned up. Yeah. Relatively yeah. young. Everybody's 18, 19 years old in this book. Well, not a. He's talking about like Augustus. Augustus is definitely yeah. Right. Like even Augustus well, seems like he's young. Like talking yeah. about his beautiful muscles and his hair when they first see him when he executes Eo. Well, well yeah, I mean, got to keep up appearances, man. He's the arch yeah. governor. He was, he's got a. He's a high gold. He's, like, he's going to be on the. Yeah, he's going to be on the HC. He's got a. You know, pretty. Take you out. He's you one of the most powerful in the society. So yeah, he yeah, runs Mars. If you remember um, when he was talking to the Mars Proctor, um, he was even talking about, like, hey, man, what's all this bullshit? Uh, like, why why is all this stuff happening? And it's like, oh, and it's like, you, it seems like you're kind of poor. Is that why you eat those metabolizer things instead of just having uh, the cutters uh, make you ripped and uh, swollen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because he's basically, oh, cool. I think what they called them, bronzes. The lower golds were called th- bronzes. It seems weird because he's supposed to be a peerless scarred, right? Because he's the he's the he proper. survived the institute. Yeah, he survived the institute, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that he was one of the like. Remember, there was multiple students, so like the top ones definitely get like you know really good appointments, but the ones in the bottom, yeah, they get doors open for them, but like they're not like the doors that everyone wants. They're not running fleets, right? Yeah, they're not yeah. governors and stuff like that, right? The low drafts. That make but it. it's still probably better if you want to, like, I guess, increase the value of your family name and, like, you know, lay it down for other generations that you, you got to work your way up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you become peerless if you um, make it through the Institute, but you're a slave through the Institute. Does that make yeah, sense? Uh, yeah, I think you, you You've read all the books and you don't know that? I can't remember. It's been a while. Oh. He also did all the books okay. in, like, a two-week period. Yeah, I, Kind of all starts to muddle together at that point. Yeah. Gross, Chris, gross. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the books. They're great. So, They're obviously, the characters I are fun. The, obviously, I think the writing is fun. Like, just a lot of the banter, even if the banter doesn't, like, matter. Like, just some of the conversations they have with each other is just funny. Or even if it's not completely accurate to Burger's liking. Right. Yeah. It was <laughs> Like, I found it very, what, what very was so much that I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> Because you just fine pick everything. No, you just have your own way of liking books. So you find you fine pick the small details. Whereas like me, I'm a dumbass. I read the book and I'm just like, yo, that was a cool book. <laughs> you know? Uh so you look more you look more into the depth and the 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 which the, all the the things where I just like think it for what I it, think I, I liked it for what the it was. book I kinda wanna recommend, I think Berger might actually like. Since he likes to nitpick all these things, but you, Chris, you know it's kind of a long book. I don't know if you want to do it. 
You know, I think. Hold on, Chris, 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 you're frozen. Yeah, you're frozen, buddy. Chris, peace, Chris. Uh, barely, you're cutting in and out, man. Nope. No, you're just gone. You're a robot. Robot. Close your video, but stay in the chat and then try opening it up again. I don't know. I won't say, like, I like the book. The book was entertaining. I felt like a lot of the, like, things happening in the book are were very solid. Um, the biggest problem that I have is that uh, when we look at the sum of all of the pieces of this book, there are some pretty big gaps missing that make it hard for me to say, like, yeah, I would recommend this to you. It's more like, I enjoyed it, but there, I need more before I can actually say, like, yeah, yeah. I'll read this series yeah. or anything like that. Uh, Chris, what was it you were trying to say before we had to drop out? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, it was, a, it was a book that you were going to recommend. Oh, yeah, so there, there was a book I wanted to recommend, but it's a fairly long, it's like 35 hours. Uh, but it's like, it's hard sci-fi, so that's why, I like, I don't know if Chris will enjoy it. I definitely don't know if you're going to enjoy it, Nate, but I think Burger would enjoy it. Okay, right. just get to it. Just say it. Seven Eves. I haven't heard of it. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so I would recommend the book. We know Chris would recommend the book, and we know Nate would recommend the book. I think, Berger, you said much earlier in the episode that you wouldn't recommend it. I don't think I could recommend it as is without reading more of it. Um, this first book, I think, is, like I said, is just missing some big pieces in order for it to sort of be a concise narrative. Um, I Like, it was very fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the ride. Um, there's just a lot of things that... Like, I feel like at some point we should have stopped and addressed them uh, before we just, like, kept going on this one-way rail. Because it all felt, it felt like our destination was predetermined and nothing that was happening in the story truly meant anything. All right. Um, Anything else to add in before we do a roll? No. I'm glad you, I'm glad... I'm glad at least everyone enjoyed it. At least everyone enjoyed the book. That's what at least like even Burger. Yeah, enjoyed it. I'm glad. Like that makes me happy more than anything else. As long as you enjoy it, it (laughs) as long as it wasn't as bad as Magic 2.0. Magic 2.0 was great. It was a piece of shit. Coming from that, I enjoyed. (laughs) I enjoyed that book for the listen. Your opinion on that book because you were high on it. Yeah, (laughs) for the camp that it was. Right. It's like a Bill and Ted adventure movie, right? I felt like no, that Bill was and what Ted book was. was was done competently, though. It was just very <laughs> silly. Like, um, it was designed to be silly. Yeah. I'm glad everyone enjoyed Red Rising. It makes me happy. Um, so let's uh, get into what is going to be the next book. Um, I'm out on selection. So... Yeah, so it's going to be a three-sided die. Why three-sided? Because there's well, Chris is not uh, selection available because he picked this one. So it's just going to be but myself. Thought, are you, it's going to be myself. Included? We haven't gone through the whole group yet. It's well, I thought we were going through everyone. Oh, nice. I mean, we, well, so wait, who, I don't care. Who selected what then? Um, who did Dune? Well, Dune, Dune, nobody. Dune was technically your recommendation, or you're the one who mentioned it. That we all kind of just agreed to it. Oh, democracy! Yeah. Democracy, I was just... the noble lie. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing that bothered me is that they never really addressed that. Our main character's just like, oh yeah, fuck democracy. And it's well, like he wait, I think well, we he doesn't know any better. You gotta understand like he just doesn't know yeah, any better. Yeah, but we never yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, oh, this everything in this book seems to be yay, fascism. Anyway. You gotta yeah. uh, Okay, <laughs> well so so done reviewing the book. Okay, okay, so right? here here's the thing. Now we have to kind of determine how we're going to do this if, if we're if we're doing it you know you're eliminated because you've already made a selection and it's different or are we doing it where it's the just the last person selected is removed from the round going off of what burger oh. said i i thought maybe the rolling that we initially do determines the rotation path that's what i thought we were doing so like now it'll always be Andy, Chris, and then whoever wins this one, and okay. then whoever wins that one, and then we'll just do that in a circle. All right, so we'll let you do... pick another shitty book right away. Okay, so we'll do a two-sided die then. Uh, Burger, you'll be one. Nate, you're two. I'd rather we're you just flip the coin. Fucking book. What's that? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna choose the same fucking book. Are we? Because Bur- uh, well, one the result is two, and. <laughs> the other thing is, I don't think Burger was going to choose the second book for Red Rising. No, 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 no not the second book. We're going to choose the same book. I know what book he's going to choose because I was going to choose it. What book was I going to choose? The Blade itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, then hold on. Hold on. I'm very excited. If there's an agreement, hold on. If there's an agreement, if there's an agreement, I just came. Oh my god. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, predetermined rules stated that if there was an agreement uh, or two doubles, that gets disqualified. So it goes to a round robin between the other two. You're fucking Shut kidding your me. Poor mouth. You shut up. I really want to fucking read this book. You son of a bitch. Well, I'm sorry. You should have paid attention to the rules. Andy's Where the fuck are they written down? Okay. Well, Our you should, book you should have be been here for the intro. <laughs> my son, <laughs> my son, remember the. All right, all right so, 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 what's the book? What's the book? It's the the what's it called? The blade. The itself. blade itself by Joe Abercrombie, Lord Grimdark himself. This is a high fantasy slash grimdark series. Oh my god, this um, is gonna suck so much ass. Oh, it's so good. Uh, this is sort of considered the uh, one of. This book sort of defines what Grimdark is, where there's no there's no good people. Everybody's sort of ambiguous, but you still have like people that you're rooting for for the whole time. I'm uh, probably gonna it's like very this enjoyable. Lot. I'm probably gonna like this uh, a lot. Just twenty two hours. Can you give us a brief synopsis? Um, it's been a while since I've read the first book. Um, basically, we're gonna find some people who are going to go on a sort of quest um they kind of form a band you have like a wizard and you have like sort of like a uh berserker warrior guy uh who has probably one of the best catchphrases ever in that you can never have too many knives um and uh fucking shit happens um, fucking shit man oh it's right. so good i really enjoyed this series when i first read it uh, I'm I'm very happy with you, Nate. You are you are my favorite. I've I've actually I, I've been very excited to read this next, and so I was hoping either you and I would get it because I knew we were going to choose it because I I looked into it and I was like I think I'm going to fucking like this book. Twenty two hours, fifteen minutes. Yeah. So I don't know for you guys if this is going to be too long at twenty two hours. There is a very definitive part one and part two. 
Um, so we can split it up if that's something that you want to do. Um, I know this is an eight book, but I was I was researching. I, this was going to be my book basically no matter we what. We have two um, weeks. We should be able to accomplish it. You mean Dune was 20-something hours? Yeah, but I, I, don't, I honestly don't know why we chose to do Dune in two parts. Okay. Well, uh, we could have done it. We didn't want to burden anybody. I think we yeah, just tried to like pay ourselves yeah. for the first series. Yeah, because we didn't want to so, like Stephen Spacey or Stephen Pacey. What? That's, he, that's uh, the narrator. That's yeah, the narrator. yeah. The, that's the guy who narrates it. But for some reason, that name sounds familiar. Because it sounds like Kevin Spacey. Have you Burger? Have you read the Lies of Locke Lamora? I have. Is it um, good? The first book is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, one of like the best books ever. Um, the second book pissed me the fuck off. Um, and then I really like the third book. So the um, second book's probably book. fine. Yeah, we'll do the second book then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think whatever so, his number is, and I like cut it in half. Yeah. <laughs> My issue is that like the first half, uh, like the first half of the second book is basically a heist movie. And then they interrupt it to go do something else, and then they eventually come back. Yeah, and my, really friend, that they my friend, my friend, kind of described it as kind of like Ocean's Eleven, but like not in a modern era. Yeah. So, um, so like none of the characters are magic, but they live Wait, in a on. world where magic. Are we going to end the podcast now, or are we going to keep talking through it? Uh, well, um, uh, did you keep talking, bro? Uh, what What is? I'm assuming that basically the kind of. Um, the setting for this book, uh, the blade itself, is kind of like a medieval fantasy. Uh, yeah, era. It's, it's high fantasy, but like, is it, is it, well, I mean, there could be high fantasy yeah, in it's a contemporary very Viking-y, environment. A very northern yeah. European. Okay, um, you get a very Nordic Viking sense. To okay, it. That, that's what I wanted to, to kind of get. Uh, and I'm very excited about n- Nords and like Vikings and magic. That's why I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, the 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 heavy Nordic Viking side, I think, really comes into play in books two and three. Um, our first book, okay, it mostly focuses on some. Well, we'll go ahead and end it there then. All, All right. right, I'm excited.